The Apostle Paul admonishes us to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In this, the 29th edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to examine that text from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. full text of that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 penned by the Apostle Paul reads this way, Therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. For us to have a full understanding of what that passage is teaching, it must first be determined what the promises are which are alluded to in the verse, the first part of the verse which says, Therefore, having these promises, let us do these things. And to determine what the promises are, it's necessary to go back to chapter 6. And notice, beginning in verse 14 and through the end of the chapter, what the Apostle Paul has to say. He writes, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now you'll note Paul exhorted the Corinthians not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now the reason for this exhortation is clear. It's not appropriate for a Christian to have an accord with someone who is so obviously his opposite. The two are antithetical. And this is borne out by the parallels drawn in verses 14 through 16. A Christian being yoked to a non-Christian would be like righteousness, fellowshipping lawlessness, light, communing with darkness, Christ striking an accord with Belial, or the temple of God having an agreement with idols. This would obviously be inappropriate. However, Paul emphasizes the obvious by pointing out the promises that we have predicated upon our separation and purity. He says in verse 16, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In verse 17 and 18, he quotes, I will receive you, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. But the promises are predicated upon their acknowledgement and obedience to the command to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean. And so Paul's statement in chapter 7 and verse 1 merely builds upon that premise. He stated first that believers are not to be unequally yoked together with or have a part with unbelievers, chapter 6, verse 15. Second, he gave the reason why a yoking would be inappropriate. It is so because reception by God, hence the promises of chapter 7, verse 1, is predicated upon separateness. You can't expect for God to dwell in you, to be your God, to receive you, and to be a father unto you if you refuse to come out from among the world and be separate. And so, beginning in chapter 7, Paul, in essence, states the parameters of this separateness. Now, read it again. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, how do we come out from among them and be separate? 
by cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and by perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, having established what the promises are, we must define the commands themselves. What does it mean to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit? Well, simply, sin defiles. It defiles the flesh and it defiles the spirit. Simply put, Paul is saying to refrain from sinning. You're not to actively engage in sin. Immorality, idolatry, unlawful behavior, these things are to be expunged from your life. You're not to be guilty of such sins as envy, hatred, jealousy, and lust. This evil is indeed filth of the Spirit, and separateness demands purity. If you want the benefit of God as your Father, then you must cleanse yourself. What about the second command? What does it mean to perfect holiness in the fear of God? Well, when we remove the filthiness from our lives, we must replace it with that which is perfectly holy. In reverence and godly fear, we must seek to conform ourselves to Christ's example. The easiest way to explain it may be in referring to Galatians 5. You'll remember there that Paul gave a list of the lust of the flesh. These are the things we are to cleanse ourselves from. Then Paul gave the list of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5. Now, a man who practices the fruit of the Spirit is one who is, in fact, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so if you look at the context, it is easy to explain what 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 is teaching. God expects of us separateness. The separateness is necessary if we claim to be walking by faith, and it's defined as the purifying of flesh and spirit and the perfecting of holiness in the fear of God. Now the only question that remains is this. Are you walking by faith? Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.